Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. This episode is a treat. April Stroink is a money coach and financial advisor who specializes in helping people create and enjoy financial well-being in their business and personal lives. She is the creator of The Money Fix, a suite of programs to increase financial literacy for millennials, families, and entrepreneurs. She's also a certified profit-first professional. April has hands-on experience increasing the profits for multiple businesses, including her own, through a proven globally recognized system that makes businesses more profitable. April is a gifted teacher and speaker who leads numerous workshops annually at local colleges, business associations, and masterminds. She's helped hundreds of people and small businesses level up their finances through her workshops, group programs, and her astute one-on-one coaching. In her previous life, April managed multiple investment teams throughout the Atlantic Canada for a national insurance company. She was also the owner and operator of a successful Halifax retail operation. Today, April is a money coach, a support guide who helps you understand and feel confident about your finances and future goals. She's known for her empathy and judgment-free coaching as she combines her expertise with her own experience of running her family business. April volunteers on several community boards, hosts a YouTube channel with her daughter, talking to teens about money, and helps out with her family's third-generation blueberry farm. Most days, you'll find her in Halifax with her husband, their two kids, and Mango, the golden retriever. And on other days, you'll find her enjoying the slopes, climbing crags, and the seascapes around living her best life. This is just the beginning. April is so fun. I met her recently. You're going to hear our bubbly conversation as she makes you want to join the financial party, which is unique coming from someone like myself, who just as being corralled through the medical system, didn't really take time or energy to understand or unpack finances or money mindset. So Hear our conversation. It is enlightening. We talk about preventative wealth care, which is a great catchphrase. We talk about common mistakes that practitioners make, especially when you're an independent entrepreneur, and some quick fixes that you can start shifting that money mindset and help yourself be more profitable. So enjoy. This is a wonderful, wonderful conversation with April Strike. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. Today, we are going to talk to you, April Stroink. Now, I have to give a little backstory on this magnificent woman. So I, if you've been listening long enough, know that I've had my own financial journey as I leapt from the burnout fire into the frying pan, or is it the frying pan into the fire? Either way, being a medical entrepreneur was scary. I had to grow grow wings as I floated down, and that required me to tackle some of these money mindsets that were blocking me. And that meant 
financial Fridays. That was where I started. Every Friday, I forced myself to look at my financials and get to know the numbers. So fast forward almost six years, I'm in Toronto at Megan Walker's Impact Lives event, and I'm sitting next to April Stroink, and she is magnificent. If you were to see her website, her pictures, her social media, she's fun, she's relatable, she's down to earth, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk about financials than Miss April Stroink, so thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what has brought you into this beautiful space of financials and why you think this is important for practitioners? Well, great question. I kind of um, came kicking and screaming really into the financial uh, industry. It wasn't sort of my intent. Actually, my intent was to be uh, a medical professional. Uh, I went to school, I started in um, health sciences and was really intent on becoming a doctor, a pediatrician. And um, interestingly enough, uh, having a conversation with my mother who was like, it's a lot of school. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of school. It's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of money. And so um, what really attracted me to the program in school that I eventually landed on was that they had a co-op program. And at that time, we were literally the first cohort to go through the co-op. And what I loved about that experience was what it uh, led me to understand what I didn't want to do. So I didn't want to be an accountant. It didn't really match my personality, but I really did love the um, the analysis work. And so fast forward, uh, signed on with a big uh, national finance company, quickly rose through the ranks. But every single day, I was feeling like I was selling a piece of my soul and was becoming less and less the person that I uh, wanted to be. And um, in addition, I had children along the journey and I was traveling a lot for my job. And so really one of the catalysts, you know, when you think back and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's one of those aha moments was uh, my daughter's primary teacher called me and said my daughter was crying because mom was always away and was always on the road. <gasps> Interesting. I wonder if she would have uh, phoned my male com, uh, my male counterpart, uh, to say that same statement. <laughs> right. Uh, but I kind of felt like, you know, I didn't have, uh, I had children cause I wanted to spend time with them and I wasn't spending time with them. And so I started to look at my own spending habits. And what I saw was I was filling this void, this burnout void with things that didn't align with my values that were keeping me further and further away from my goal of actually being with my children. And during that same time, my husband and I owned a outdoor retail business together. And so we had a family business going and we had children. That's a lot, right? He went into politics and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, um, I was classically trained, if you will, as a financial advisor. So how to get people to retirement, to make sure they had their safety net. But we were never trained on behavioral finance how we, those cognitive biases that we have in our brains when it comes to money that make us behave indifferently than we do in other situations. Um, and we were also not taught like 
people making really good money, but still living paycheck to paycheck because yeah, they had the pension and yeah, they had the money put aside for retirement, but they're dying inside day to day, staying in jobs that weren't fulfilling, um, that were burning them out because of the almighty paycheck, staying in toxic relationships because they didn't feel they could financially move away from that. And so I started to really study behavioral finance and, um, Flash forward when, long story short, I took over my husband's business. He went into politics. I had to give up my financial career, blah, 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 blah. When I sold everything off in 2017, I knew I wanted to do it differently this time. And along that journey, uh, I had challenges with my health and so did my youngest daughter. And so we took the traditional route and uh, to try and find help for the both of us and I live in Canada, and I'm sure that's the same uh, situation in the States, is that many healthcare practitioners are very overworked and um, just didn't have the time really to, or really weren't thinking in the ways that, you know, you think and Megan thinks and all of these, mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about that line of fine. And so we were coming in as the line of fine and everything was okay, according to our tests and charts, but both of us just weren't okay. And mm-hmm. so we sought out um, non-traditional and um, naturopathic uh, medicine. And so for my daughter, I literally had a new baby within 48 hours of her being uh, someone taking the time and really understanding what um, was wow. going on with her. And similar is my story too. And so I just really felt that, huh. So the medical doctors that I've been working with before were kind of like the financial advisors that I've been working with before who were looking at one path, which is retirement or yes. one path, which is treating the disease. But I wanted to talk about preventative wealth care and I was because I sought out preventative health care in order for me to make improvements in my life and in my daughter's life as well. And so just the whole approach is so similar to my approach when it comes to money. And what I started to see is I actually did this deep dive um, with my business. And that's part of working with Mike Michalowicz, who's the author of Profit First. Love that book. Yes. Um, I'm a profit first professional at the mastery level, which means I meet with Mike and Mike does a program called surge, which is about niching down. And when one of the exercises to take a look at, not just the clients that are bringing you the highest lifetime value, but who are the ones when they, they come up in uh, an email or come up on your phone, you're like, Oh, yes. I am so glad that you called me today. And so um, it really was the naturopathic and medical doctors that I was working with. And so I did a deep dive on that and say, huh, why do I feel that way? And there's just so many similar values and that they really understood this approach that I was taking with preventative wealth care as well. And so that really led me to... um, reaching out to Megan and being on her podcast and teaching inside of her code membership and then speaking for the last two years at Impact Lives. And so, uh, and and that led me to be sitting beside you for dinner. Yes. I have been following you for a while. I've got to, I've got to confess, I'm fangirling here today. Love it. Um, the best. Yes, me too. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> no, so you're impacting. That led yeah. me here. This is amazing. I love that story because 
it, I, the analogy that you had just really lit an aha in me, the analogy of the financial advisor. I mean, it's not that that's a wrong path, right? It's just a differently trajected path that they're looking towards retirement, similar to conventional modern medicine. We need it, but mm-hmm. there's other ways to be healthy. And right. you know, even behavioral science and psychology shows that we've been teaching people about exercise all wrong, saying, oh, it's so you can prevent a heart attack and stroke. No, no, we need to talk about here and now. You feel mm-hmm. better. You know, when you do that body scan, I feel more rested and calm after I work out. And you are doing the same thing with finances. You need this. And I love how you said the preventative wealth care. You know, we need to look at the here and now and and be a profit first directed person who understands that you're you're able to live a life of immense, you know, manifesting and gratitude and wonderful things and getting out of the toxicity is so huge. It's, it's really kind of awe-inspiring to see how you, you dissect this down several layers. Um, So this is an amazing thing for your journey that you feel so empowered and passionate about the practitioners. What would you say is some of the limiting beliefs that you, that you see commonly? The same limiting beliefs that I see in money is these axioms that prior generations believe to be true. So we believe them to be true as well. And so in the medical profession, I was even talking to a woman on Wednesday that's going into medical school and she felt her interview, like her interview didn't even align anymore. It was like, okay, can you please recite to us section five, six of the medical code line seven? Like that was one of her interview questions. And I'm not entirely sure that's what makes a good doctor or not, but that is an old axiom of you. This is what you need to know to get into medical school. It was so very similar on the money side of things of just even the basic accounting equation of sales minus expenses equals profit. This is what we're jammed down our throats is that's what you need to do in your business. And what it drives us to is just this almighty top line, top line, top line. And we're always searching for more sales and more sales and more sales and not necessarily the right sales. And we don't necessarily know why we're looking for more sales. And what happens is Parkinson's law, which is that demand always meets supply. So you'll find that the more sales you make, you're not watching your expenses that go into making more sales. So your expenses are just eating up more top line sales, which is just learning to more burnout. And then you end up being at the same profit level or in some cases less profitable. So what we wanna do is we wanna shift those axioms um, because quite frankly, as humankind, if we had listened to those old axioms from we wouldn't we would have thought the earth was still flat and we know that's not true and look at all those discoveries that those brave people who didn't believe those axioms um and in all kinds of things like if you Mm -hmm. just look at disruptors like uber or airbnb like if Mm -hmm. they were just totally always meant to believe that there was just one way of doing things humankind would not have progressed further so we really need to be growing all of the time and we need to be growing into understanding money and how money flows through our business. Otherwise, we will not have the growth that we are looking for. We will end up in this place of burnout, in debt, money stress. And so in order to do that, we need to, again, be questioning um, traditional finance and really making our own path. Oh, beautiful. The idea of questioning tradition, you know, of unlearning some of these 
reflexive things that we were taught that were handed down from generations. And all of us have this shameful money story. It becomes this, I remember a fledgling new graduate from medical school feeling embarrassed that I would be potentially be making a lot of money because I didn't come from wealth. Mm. And, and there was that like, well, oh, good for you kind of thing, you know? And, and then there's, thousands of other money stories that I've heard from the the practitioners that I mentor of, well, you know, this scarcity mindset. And one thing you and I talked about before going on air, the phrase you said is, is are you growing to the right fit for you? Just because everyone says on social media, grow and scale and 10x mm-hmm. this and 20x that, is that really what you're about? Do you, what is the right size for you? And, and doing the 80-20 rule of, you know, what is generating a lot of this and what is aligned with your values? Cause you have a perfect example of how you reflected on your own values shifting, you know, as, as your daughter phoned home and as you realize, wait, maybe I'm not in the right path for me. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's about really owning that purpose and what you want to be doing. So, you know, knowing that you're not alone in this money story is gotta be so helpful to these practitioners that come to you and feel like a safe space that they can kind of divulge a lot of these antiquated thoughts and, you know, helping them see that really the money system isn't built to get you financially ahead. You're always going Mm -hmm. to be chasing your tail, right? So tell us what, what kind of tips you give to advocate, you know, for your own wealth care. What, what kind of things do you do for practitioners? Absolutely. So one of the things that I think you've nailed it on the head is that we take, practitioners are taking years um, in school and really, the path at the end of it for most practitioners is self-employment. And so I think it's a big disservice of the colleges is if they know that their practitioners are going to be going into self-employment, that there isn't more practice management education throughout the journey. And um, I think it actually sets up practitioners to feel this sort of guilt and shame around charging for health, because that's how the system's set up. And when we talk about profit first, we're not talking about profit before people. We're not talking about profit before planet. What we're talking about is that in order for you to practice and to have the impact that you want to have in your community, you have to be present. You have to not be stressing about money. You have to not be burnt out because of money. And you need, in order to have that, you need to be a profitable entity. And so what we do with Profit First is we say everything that you're putting out into the world, is it profitable? Is it viable? So if you're moving away from one-to-one practice, for example, and you want to work in more group practice, have you looked at your pricing? Have you looked at your cost of goods sold? Have you dissected this before you've offered it to see if it is a viable product? And so what I find is a lot of um, medical professionals don't know how to do this work or um, they don't have the team around them to help them with that work as well. So really it gets back to what you were saying before is that first of all, we need to drop the shame because we weren't taught this. And we were talking before we started our official conversation as well is about your family money story. And so our first teachers, like in all things about, especially about money, are our parents. And if money is still taboo, uh, which Mm -hmm. it is, 
and you're not talking about it, all of a sudden you become an adult and you're just supposed to know what to do with it. And on top of that, you have, especially in the medical professional world, is you have institutions clawing over themselves to give you money. Um, And so your 18-year-old brain that we know is more emotional than rational is now just handed a six-figure line of credit and a credit card to go along with that. And so without, it's like, it's, it's basically like giving you the loaded gun that you just yep. don't know how to manage. And all of a sudden, best intentions and the way that our brain works around money that, you know, I used to yes. call it credit card, credit card alley. I had to go through credit card alley my first day at Frosh Week to get to the campus pub. So, you know, a lot of my friends had credit cards right to the campus pub and then begins their money journey. And so right. we need to drop the blaming and shaming of ourselves because we are never taught. We've never given the tools and the tools and the training that we got were from, from institutions that have no, do not right. profit from us being financially astute. Correct. I love that last part. You're right. The, the tools that we're taught are actually benefiting the institutions because they're not teaching us how to make wise and savvy financial decisions. And you touched on something that is so true. I feel like in medical school, at least in the U.S., it is handicapping us as practitioners. We aren't taught to be independent. We're taught to be a employee in a system, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I did that for years. It paid the bills. It It is what it is. But like you, my value shifted into I needed more independence, more creativity. I wanted to do things in a different way. And then you're leaping out with no instruction, you know, and being very, you know, like low risk that I am trying to start beta testing and producing programs and group visits and things in a smaller fashion eventually grows into this beautiful thing. And the practitioners I see that make a big mistake are they jump in wanting to launch something huge that they've been working quietly under for months. And then they're sad when it doesn't work out and they've charged Mm -hmm. a large price and they're wondering why there's crickets. And, and, you know, a lot of it is about intention and strategy. And I like that you work with your clients in helping them dissect down those details that are difficult to know when you're doing something new and coloring outside the lines of what's been done in the past. So, you know, talk to me more about, you know, for those of us, and I, I launched into this because I love profit first. I love the book. I love the pumpkin. And there's so many books that Mike has written. So for those that are listening, that is wondering what the heck is profit first, can you describe in just, you know, five minutes, what those little corrals and buckets are and how profit first works? Absolutely. Well, really, basically, it boils down to the old envelope system that maybe your parents or your grandparents used where you take your money and uh, your disposable income. So after your bills and everything are paid. um, So the pay yourself first principle is, of course, making sure that all of those big uh, monthly commitments uh, that are non-behavioral, if you will, are taken care of. And then you allocated certain things for groceries or gas or or what have you and you had those in the different envelopes it's basically that same system except that you put it in your business with different bank accounts so the first bank account that you open is your profit account and right off the get-go you put one percent of sales into that profit account then the next is your owner's pay because after profit you need to be paying yourself and so we have a bank account for owner's pay and then for taxes, because this is 
this is where a lot of practitioners get themselves into trouble, especially if they've gone from uh, from a public practice into a private or they're, or they're um, now uh, an entrepreneur and they've had that money taken off all along for taxes and now they have to manage it themselves and they usually don't. And so they get themselves into trouble there. And then last but least, we have a bucket or a bank account for operating expenses. And again, Profit First is all based on smashing these axioms and getting us to flip our mindset when it comes to our business, but it's also based on Parkinson's law, as I said before, that demand will always meet supply. And so in the book, what Mike talks about is a tube of toothpaste. So when you first open that tube of toothpaste, you're smearing it all over your toothbrush like it is never going to end. And then when you get down, only only when you get down, do you actually follow the guidelines by the dental association yes. of whatever country that you're in? Did you only take a piece size? Right. <laughs> and so what we do by only having one bank account for our business, and I see a lot of practitioners actually not have separate bank accounts. They're mixing their personal with their business where we really want to separate that first is that if you do have just one business bank account, your brain cannot do the mental math of, oh, I'm actually supposed to keep keeping, that's actually tax money. So I have to put, keep 10% there. Oh my gosh, I have an annual insurance. So I have to, your brain just, your brain just won't do it. We have mm -hmm. too many things, too many decisions to make. So we make it easier on our brain by giving our money a job, by putting it into these different uh, buckets. And so um, I'm not sure if you've ever read the book, The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Yes, but what I love that Lynn book. talks about is that it's so amazing and she's amazing. But cash comes from currency, currency from current, current is to flow. And if we don't control the flow, then it will just go wherever it wants to. That's why when you were in medical school, maybe you actually had more disposable income than when you actually got your first job because Parkinson's law takes into effect. And so we want to control that flow. And that's actually why I have this picture of the Bay of Fundy behind me that I know your listeners can't see, but the Bay of Fundy has the highest tides in the world. So millions and tons of water come in every day and millions and tons of water go out every day. And so that whole flow, we really need to direct it. And so that's, this is actually a picture from my cottage on the Bay of Fundy. So that's Aww. that real reminder to me that I have to direct the flow of my life and especially of, of my money. And so um, we then, of course, take it further than that, where we take a look at target allocation percentages that you need to be putting into these different buckets. Now, I love the book. I love Mike. Um, I was in New York with him a few months ago. But you have to remember, especially for your listeners who may not be American, it is an American system. And so the taxes in, I'm in Canada, so taxes in Canada are much different than taxes in the States. And so you have to keep that in mind. The other thing is, is that um, he did his research based on the top 17% of profitable companies across all industries and all sizes. And so that's why it's important to work with a profit first professional who specializes in your industry so they know what you can expect in a medical clinic as a practitioner as far as what you can expect for profitability and what you need to be putting aside for taxes and owner's pay and what have you. Um, but in an, in a nutshell, it is a cash flow management system uh, that works with your behaviors. Because let's face it, as entrepreneurs, 
most of this is the ironic thing about healthcare practitioners is that you know the importance of running labs in order to create a diagnosis and a treatment plan for your patients. Your financial statements, your balance sheet, your income statement, your station statement of cash flows, those are your labs about yes. the health of your business. And you don't read those charts. You don't look at those tests. You don't look at those labs. You look at your bank account and your bank account, which we call bank balance accounting. Um, it's not giving you a true reflection. It's like ordering a test, a blood test for thyroid and expecting to understand what's happening with the liver. Like it's just yes. right. That's same. a really good analogy, April, because I think that is the biggest shift for me personally is when I went from an old method of just growing my business when I first started, and this is five years ago, and doing fine, but really not understanding and then realizing that is a huge weakness. I need to meet with a financial person every month and go through these statements and understand. Now, okay, my brain has this weird thing where it just does not like math. It does not like finances or numbers. So I have this long Google document that extends all the way back since our first visit where I have glossary terms. Cause I'm like net operations. Okay. What does that mean? You know, because it is a different language, just like patients when they're reading labs, they're not going to know what a TSH or free T4 or total T3. Um, so that is the, the learning curve that is part of a little tiny shit sandwich that you eat when you exchange one job for another, there's no perfect job, but it's something that's, uh, you can make it taste better when you work with somebody like yourself who really understands that currency. And I love that you talked about the soul of money because it is one of my favorite books and knowing that money is energy and and having it flow and another pivotal point in my own little tiny financial journey is starting to charge for my free discovery calls only five dollars ten dollars something small because I would donate it to our charities and it just mm -hmm. became this conduit of flow of just getting that that trust that that what I value as integrity and what I want to do is give back even though I started my business from nothing. And so, you know, having that flow in a strategic way is so powerful. Um, I just, I absolutely love everything you're saying. And especially since you're using some of the framework of anti-burnout, you know, you're talking about, hey, burnout happens. Even if you're successful on paper, you can get burned mm -hmm. out in a wrong fit business for you and in a plan that's not quite customized to your needs. So you've mentioned how, you know, healthcare practitioners are different than, you know, other industries, plumbing, electricians, you know, um, all have different business plans. So in your own journey, you anchored, and I, I use the aha technique, anchor, highlight, activate, and you're absolutely talking about it. You anchor down into what is personal and valuable to you. What is your core mm -hmm. values? Because that should drive every financial behavioral decision. Um, and then you highlight the milestones, highlight the feedback. This is where we fall apart as practitioners. And burnout happens when you don't have feedback, when you don't know, am I doing okay? I don't know. Then you feel burned out and lost. So you're showing people that feedback is important. You need to highlight that. And then activating your own energy. That's key to avoiding emotional exhaustion that can happen. And you're doing that by explaining and giving agency and autonomy back to understanding numbers. And getting excited about numbers, which is something I never thought I would say. Um, so, so in in closing, tell us a little bit more how we can work with you. You've got some really cool programs. I was looking on your website. I was drooling. So I know that there's going to be more of April to come. But show us a little bit of a tour behind the scenes of what how people can connect with you. 
Absolutely. So I believe strongly that if you have too many options, you confuse your uh, clients. And then as a business owner, you lose because when people get confused, they can't choose. And so I have a very simple offering of suite of products. Um, the first being is that I believe strongly that your money story is the same in your personal life as it is in your business. You can't tell me that you show up one way in your personal and one way in your business. So I can work with you exclusively on your personal, trying to get you to understand your personal money story. Um, we meet with you. We, we run through all of the mechanics of where your money is going, but we also under, want to understand your money behaviors because we build a spending plan for you that is suited to your behaviors and your goals. I don't believe in budgets. Budgets are based on economic theory and economic theory states that agents, otherwise known as human beings, uh, are actually behave 100% rationally when it comes to their money. I've been doing this work for over 20 years. I've yet to meet said agent and I'm not <laughs> one myself. So we actually study four months of your spending habits. We take a look at your credit card statements, your bank statements, um, your lines of credit, your loans, your mortgages, your financial statements. Um, and we put that in one place. So it's the first time that you're going to see your entire financial life in one place, right from from your spending right straight through to your retirement. And so then we build a spending plan for you that's based on your behaviors and your goals. We really want to get you back aligned with your values. We're bombarded so much with this consumerism and we get ourselves so wrapped up in it and keeping up with the Joneses. And so we want you to take your money story back and have your, your control and confidence over your money. And so we show you where you're currently spending and make sure that's in alignment with your values. And then from there, we build out the implementation plan. And so if you wanted to work with me on the business side, it's, uh, it's, it's just, you have to do the personal, you have to do the personal because I need to know a what do you need from your business on a consistent basis in order to uh, reach your financial goals? Because your business works for you, not the other way around. And that's an old axiom that people have is that they just are slave to their business. And if they're just breaking even, that's fine. Breaking, breaking even is not fine. And it gets back to what Megan always calls the line of fine in health. Mm -hmm. That's the line of fine and it's, it's actually not good at all. And so we want to be making sure that you're paying yourself. And so I take that number and reverse engineer that into the profit first system. And that's how I determine your target allocation percentages. With the Money Fix for Business program, it's profit first just one tool. We also take a look at understanding your margins, making sure the products that you're putting out into the world are viable. We walk you through an expense audit to make sure that what you're spending inside of your business aligns with your business values and of growth. And uh, then we walk through the system with you, hold you accountable, kind of like a personal trainer for your finances, because we Love know it. as human beings, willpower is not always enough. You have to have a good system and you have to be held accountable and you have to understand why am I doing this? You have to make that connection in your brain of why looking at your finances are important. Um, but I do also have a eight week intensive. If you want to get your cash flow up and running and understand uh, 
and get that part of your business up and running. We do offer profit in practice, which was designed for practitioners um, so that they can start to implement the profit first system into their business within eight weeks as well. So those are the three programs that I offer. That's awesome, April. And for those listening, if if you check her out on her website, definitely hop on over to Insta- Instagram, TikTok. I love your little short videos. They're so cute <laughs> and so fun um, just to, to see the momentum and excitement. And you make this, you know, kind of feel like a party that, you know, everybody should join because, you know, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be shameful. It doesn't have to be embarrassing. It's okay. You know, when you go through all this work to become a practitioner, I mean, of course, you're not going to be a financial guru because you're not learning that. You're there to to teach and, and help people get healthy. So let's lean on people that are financial gurus and understand how to make things work for you. And I'm just so grateful for you, April. Oh, I'm so, this is so fun. Anytime. Let's do it again. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) This is not the end, my dear. This is not the end. Um, I'm excited that you'll be helping my catalyst in the mentorship where we're stay tuned. There's more exciting things coming because we all can benefit from this. This is literally the preventative wealth care is the best little catchphrase I've heard this year. I mean, I love that you say that and it's, it's important for everybody. So thank you for all that you do. And now in one final question, I like to ask my guests, just fun, creative stuff. if you were a candy bar when you were in third grade, what kind of candy bar would you be? Oh, a Kit Kat. Ooh, why? Because it's crunchy and it's soft and it has variety to it and you can share it. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I can see how that would fit you perfectly. Even just the name Kit Kat is just so cute. Um, So it just <laughs> totally fits your personality. Thank you, April. Thank you so much for being a guest. And I cannot wait until we can share this space soon. Um, for all those listening, check out April Stroink. That's A-P-R-I-L-S-T-R-O-I-N-K.com. CA. I will put all the links in our show notes and uh, give her a couple likes on her videos. They are top notch. And until next time, keep coloring outside the lines and have a great day. Thanks for listening and subscribing. As a physician myself who has survived burnout, I have learned that the solution is reverse engineering burnout into creative flow where your brain produces all five neurochemicals of happiness. And I've put a lot of attention into this support for healthcare practitioners, especially if you're listening and you are an independent functional or holistic practitioner, listen up. The subscription box delivery service is amazing. It is a premium delivery service. Once a month, you get an email that gives you the best digital tools that are useful and proven inside my Catalyst Studio Mentorship. Not only that, your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 59 editable functional medicine-specific infographics. You will wow your patients. Your PowerPoint presentations will be unique. You're able to edit these and add your own logo, change the color, change the text. I've done this for you. Your first welcome box also includes a complimentary mentoring session with me, as well as a free copy of Right Brain Rescue, my book. And then each month, Each month, you get additional new editable infographics. You get vaulted masterclasses from deep inside my Catalyst Studio mentorship. So you get to hear what we're doing and how we're co-creating a better healthcare. You'll get SOPs, templates, and other tools that you can apply in your clinic. It's like a mini mentorship 
delivered right to your inbox. If you're interested, head over to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop and keep coloring outside the lines.